Hi there. Welcome to Take the Stage, the podcast for speakers on the speaking life. We're going to dive into what it means to run a speaker business, how to get booked, how to keep your records, how to create messages that matter and make a difference. I'm Mary Snyder. I'm your host. I'm so excited you're here, and I'm here to help you take the stage. Hey, everyone. Today, I am so excited because we have got something super fun, and you are going to love it. I have my friend, Karen Lowes. Y'all, she is a speaker and a communication coach. Now, you're going to wonder, what is a communication coach? Don't worry. We're going to ask her. But let me tell you some of the organizations she's worked with. When I met her, I was like, uh, she is way too bougie for me, but she's not. She has worked with NASA, y'all. We're talking like rocket scientists, people that make things fly up in the air. Sephora. And this is just a few, but y'all, and I love me some Sephora. Let's just own that. I mean, y'all know you can go in there and they'll give you a sample of your makeup. That is called what you take on your trip for vacation. That sample. Just free tip right there. But my personal favorite is that she has coached some of the teams over at Netflix. I have already asked her if they will do a movie for me. And she said she doesn't know them well enough to ask. I think she's holding out. All right. Will y'all please welcome my friend, Karen. Karen, I'm so excited you're here. Thank you, Mary. I'm just going to start laughing because what an introduction. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I like to introduce my guests. I don't have guests often, so I like to introduce my guest and give a free tip on what to do at Sephora, you know? Exactly. I was going to say that's the best tip that I got out of this altogether. And I think we should make a movie together and pitch it to Netflix. I'm in. Let's just rent a convertible and just go around and meet people. <laughs> Do a documentary. I would love that. And I think you would too. We would have so much fun. But just so you know, when you go to Sephora to get your little makeup sample, it comes in this itty bitty bottle. Now, I don't know how your Sephora, it may roll different than mine, but it is this tiniest little bottle. It probably has maybe three or four or five days worth of application, but it's perfect for vacation. It is. So there you go. I have definitely taken advantage of that in several cities on my trips. There you go. See, these are the things you learn when you're a professional speaker. So Karen is a professional speaker, but Karen, tell us a little bit about what it means to be a communication coach. What does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I like to think about it in two ways. Mm -hmm. One is presence, mm. how you come across through your voice and your body language. The other one is your content. What are you actually saying? Is it interesting? And is it memorable? So I love to coach people on both of those because I happen to be a little bit obsessed with it. And in fact, I was taking strengths finders. I've taken that a couple of times in my life and mm -hmm. both times my number one out of five strengths is communication. So it's not just that I do it professionally, but I really love it personally. And I think that I'm pretty good at it by now. No, you're excellent at it. So the speakers that are listening, they are all believers like you are, and their messages are something God has given them. Now, let's talk about presentation because you talk a lot of bit about confidence. Karen has taught me so much about confidence. So let's talk about being confident. When I stand up on that platform, how do I appear confident when maybe I don't feel like I'm very confident? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to talk about a couple of things that 
make us come across as not confident because I do think sometimes it's better to look at the things that we don't want to do. Yes. Everybody wants to know, wait, what, what mistakes shouldn't I make? So, and this is nothing new to you, Mary, but two of the things that I notice a lot that happens, especially to women, one being up speak, and I'll, we'll talk about that. But then the other one being this breathy tone that I noticed Mm. particularly happens a lot with Christian speakers. Yes. So which one should we do first? Let's do the breathy tone because I don't have, I mean, I always sound like I've been a smoker for 20 years. (laughs) You know, I've got a little bit of a deeper voice, which I did not like as a young person, but I like a lot now. I don't smoke y'all. I did a long time ago, but I have been redeemed. (laughs) But let's talk about that breathy tone. Yeah, it's often what happens when the way that I've interpreted it now, and I'm grateful to say I've had coached thousands of women at this point in my life, and it's so consistent that it's when people start saying things like, let's move on to this next portion. And what God has for you is this. And the reason why I brought up the thousand women is only because this is so thematic. Mm. And so often it's like this weird thing that we do. We change our vocal range. So if we think about it, and you're so good at this too, just the conversational tone, we know that we're getting the same Mary that we are on on that tour bus or in the parking lot. (laughs) Right. We're getting on stage. Yes. And that's so much about consistency too. So that breathy tone is something, I think it happens when we're nervous. I also think it happens when we want to dramatize something. So we feel like, oh, I need to emphasize this. Right. And it comes across as we're not as credible anymore because let's face it, the research shows that when we have a deeper tone, we are going to come across as more credible. Yes. I mean, it doesn't mean that people have to totally change up their voice and be a different person, but there are techniques that we can use to be even more grounded. And when we have that voice, that's more in line with our regular voice. Yep. We're going to come across as a lot more trustworthy too, because leadership is all about consistency and yes, people don't want a different version of you when you go on stage, because suddenly the credibility goes away a little bit and we go, who is this person anyway? That's such a great point. And here's why I say that, because I have been at an event and I'm chatting with a speaker and then she gets up on the platform and I'm like, who, what, who, what? Yes. I'm like, that's not how you talked over here at the table a minute ago. Now, and at the same time, I'm going to say and testify that I did exactly that thing. I would get up on the stage and I would go, I'm so excited to be here. And we're going to unpack the word. That's what I thought you were supposed to do. I thought, right. And I had no training because I was bootstrapping everything back in the day. So I love that you're teaching women just to be themselves. Yeah. I love what you said about this perception that that's what we need to do. And I remember staying with a friend of mine in Southern California once, and her husband was a pastor. I was staying with them and it was the first time I had met him. So when you think about staying at someone's house, you're having dinner with them, you're sitting around eating Cheetos with them or whatever, and you're Mm -hmm. watching TV. And then the next day I saw him preach and it was so dramatically different. I mean, we are talking like, and Jesus come now, you know, that, whereas 
And yet he was talking like how you would typically sound, not this overly dramatic version of yourself. And yet I call that that presenter mode. Yes. (laughs) And then we all manifest for all of us in different ways. So I think that's also something to be mindful of. But that breathy tone is something that a lot of us think we need to do. And actually, we need to beware of that. And if we think about, well, how do you rectify that then? It Mm. starts with your breath and remembering that our breath is the thing that supports our voice, that when we are speaking, our entire body is coming along with us to help sound confident. That's so good because it's not just the words coming out of your mouth. It's the way you are putting the words out of your mouth. Yeah. Let's talk about upspeak. Upspeak is one that once you know it, you're going to catch it everywhere. Yes. So it's one of those things that I'm just going to go ahead and put the warning up, y'all. Once you hear Karen say this, you're going to catch other people doing it. Here's what you don't do. Don't ask how I know this. Don't call people out on it unless you know them real well. (laughs) So so, (laughs) let's talk upspeak. Well, I'll model it. Option one and option two. Option one. Hi, I'm Karen Laus, and I'm originally from Minneapolis, and now I live in San Francisco. Option two. Hi, I'm Karen Laus. I'm originally from Minneapolis, but now I live in San Francisco. Very different. Yeah, isn't it? So subtle. It's so subtle, but it sounds like you're asking me a question. Like, am I Karen? Exactly. Do I live in San Francisco? (laughs) (laughs) And that's what it sounds like to the audience. Like you don't know. Exactly. What you're saying. And a couple things I want to point out with this that a lot of us don't think about that most of the time when we speak, we're not thinking about our punctuation. Mm. Because if you write an email, I mean, for the average human being, we're actually putting a sentence structure in there. We're putting a period and a comma, right. and what have you. And yet we don't think about that. It seems to go away in the spoken word. And I will say, I've seen this with men as well as women. And if we all start noticing people, when they do their introductions, it's like it's one complete run-on sentence. Mm. We never actually stop. And I can still remember 25 years ago, my very first coach, her voicemail was so different. And I didn't know then what it was, but now that I've been trained in this stuff, I get it. And it was so simple. She said, hi, you've reached Michelle. If you'd like to leave a message, da, 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 da. but just that pause after her name and after you've reached a high, I thought, well, this is so different, but it made me stop in my tracks and want to hear it because yeah, we all just, hi, this is Karen, leave a message, blah, blah, blah. We rarely land the plane and our sentence structures when we're speaking. I love that. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've been a speaker coach for a long time and I have never looked at it that way. I talk a lot about pausing. So thank you. I talk a lot about. That gives me goosebumps. (laughs) Well, and I'm so clear on you have to place the pauses where they are needed, but I'm just going to take that. I will give you full credit moving forward, but (laughs) as told to me by, but I love that it is a sentence because you're right. Typically people step on the stage and they just start talking about random things. Let's talk about filler words and apologies. Ooh. Okay. Those are my favorite things is starting off when you step on that stage. What do you not do? (laughs) 
Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so thrilled. I just thank you, Mary, for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, everyone is checked out because this person is not credible. And apparently she's not remotely interested in me. <laughs> exactly. My opinion is you walk on stage and you immediately launch into a story, an example, a hook, something yes. where people go, ooh, that's different. Yes. Because let's face it, 90% of speakers do the whole pleasantries thing up front. Thank you. So we're socially conditioned to listen for that, or we're just socially conditioned that that happens. So we don't really notice it, but I'm in the business of helping people stand out. So if you want to stand out in an influential way, doing that other option of the hook right up front immediately grabs our attention and we go, Oh, that's different. So it's not like the other one is going to make you look like a terrible speaker. It's just that the opposite is going to make you stand out in such a positive way. Absolutely. And you're right. We are conditioned to expect people to stand up there and make announcements before they get started. But one of the things, and you and I both know this because we're in the industry, you've only got a few seconds. Exactly. They're going to sit there because they're captive audience people. (laughs) They're staying. Well, no, there's some people just get up and leave. I'm just going to be honest with you and just assume that they are having some very bad gastro issues. So <laughs> that's always what I assume. I never think it's me um, because never. if I do, I'll go spiral out of control. They're staying, but you're never going to have their full attention. I love what you say, and I call it stand and start. Step up and start. Beautiful. Because then everyone's eyes are going to be locked on you because you are different. You stand out. What about the apologist? Yeah, (laughs) I have a couple thoughts on this. Well, (laughs) most of the work that I do is with women in the corporate world. So I'm talking about general communication. But if we're talking about, obviously, your audience here, when you're up on a stage, (laughs) to me, unless something was completely crazy wrong and everybody noticed it, I would not apologize move on. You know what I used to do? I remember with slideshows, if I noticed that I hit the wrong slide, I go, oops, and look around. (laughs) (laughs) And no one but you knew about that. Not a soul in the room. Y'all lean in right now. If you hit the wrong slide, do not say oops. Do not say, oh my gosh, that's a wrong slide. Oh Lord. Now let's go back to just go back. That's why I don't like slideshows. Yeah, hundred percent. Just move on. And in fact, I had an example of this at the gym the other day. It's happened a couple of times and I'm doing this high intensity treadmill workout combined with weights. And it's pretty dark in the room, high music, all this stuff like a club. And the instructor kept saying, oh, we've had another tech difficulty. And I told her at the end, I said, look, all we're doing is dying out there trying to <laughs> keep with it. Like, we don't care. Like, I would have never noticed that there was a tech difficulty. Right. I'm just trying to keep running. And I thought that was such a great real life example of yes. too often because we're insecure about it or we feel bad or whatever it is that we feel and we somehow feel like we have to highlight it. And the other thing that I want to say is that people's energy will focus where you direct it. Absolutely. So if you're directing it at, oh, she made a mistake, then they're going to start looking. Oh, maybe she did make a mistake. Oh, maybe she's going to make other mistakes. Let's watch. Yeah. (laughs) Let's watch her fall apart. This will be fun. (laughs) So then the credibility goes down again. Boom. Well, and that's so true because I've been on the stage when 
I have somebody as I'm walking out going, hey, by the way, the keynote's not here. I know you've got two minutes, but we need you to just vamp. We'll signal you. Now, how fun would it be to walk out there and go, okay, guess what, y'all? Your keynote, the person you came to see, she's not here. We don't know if she's coming. We're not sure. Everybody in that room is now so anxious, so upset. And the entire tour team wants to have me killed. But I know that I just keep talking and I'm watching in the back to get the signal that she's here. You can go. One of my least favorite, and I'm guilty of all of these things, Karen, I've done every one of them, is to step on the stage and tell everybody what a burden it was to get there. (laughs) I ran over the dog. The baby spit up on me. The cat threw up on the table. The dog ate my homework. There was a rain shower. You know, I didn't want to wear this outfit. I was wearing that other outfit, but I mentioned the baby spit up on me. And I basically spend the whole first few minutes telling them what a burden they are. Yeah. It never occurred to me until I became a coach that I was like, they don't need to know any of that. Because what you're telling them is, hey, you're a lot of trouble. You need to sit there and shut up. That's what I need you to do. That's never the heart behind the message. Well, we hope it's not anyway. (laughs) Yeah, we hope not. Well, isn't that such a good example of the fine line between sharing personal things for relatability's sake? Yes. And then knowing when to shut up. (laughs) Yes. It's a very fine line. Yeah. So what are some of the things that a speaker can integrate Right now into, say she's getting ready to go speak this weekend. I've got several speakers who have told me, um, hey, Mary, I'm going to speak this weekend. So what could they do this weekend? Okay. Well, absolutely. If you haven't done it yet, make sure you record yourself and watch it back. Absolutely. (laughs) Number one. I know people are willing to record themselves, but the watching back is, is always the hard part. That's the hard part. Yeah. And even if you don't have video or you don't want to see yourself in video, at least record the audio of it. Absolutely. And I actually find that super helpful. I, I don't know about you, Mary, yes. but you know, being able to just focus on the audio or if it's recorded, I sometimes have them recorded on video, look away and just yes. listen. And this is also such a great thing for that upspeak problem that a lot of us have. Correct. So that would be my number one. To me, it's the number one thing is listen to what I call them your ticks are because we all have them. Yes. And mine is and I use and as a filler word, mm-hmm. which I just did right then. <laughs> and I know my podcast editor, y'all, I send this to a podcast editor and I know Leah, Hey Leah, she's listening to this part of it going. Yeah, you do. You <laughs> use and a lot. I learned I did it by watching myself because I've been out of the circuit because we were all out of the circuit, you know, 2020. Yeah. And I do the same thing. I record myself. I recommend everyone record themselves and they don't even like me full body. Yes. Even if you don't listen to that part, you need to see what you look like in that outfit. Cause I'm going to tell you full on truth. There are going to be sometimes you think that's real cute <laughs> or maybe it's just me and you're going to take a video of it and you go, Oh, that, Oh, like one time, Karen, I bought a Christmas sweater. It was so cute. This was the nineties, maybe the early two thousands. When we did those things, y'all, we didn't know no better. And I was speaking at a Christmas retreat. It was lime green. Let's just start with that is a hideous color and nobody should ever wear it. I can't wear lime green, y'all. I look like I was sick, let alone on stage. It had candy cane piping around it. So here we go. And two Santa's heads. Well, there were four Santa heads. 
I put it on. I thought I was the bomb.com. So I go, I speak, I come home. My oldest daughter said, why are there Santa heads on your boobs? <laughs> because where they were strategically, many of y'all don't know me. And right now the men in the podcast are going, how did we get here? How do we get out? God has blessed me in the upper region. Okay. And it was ridiculous. I am stunned that people did not bust out laughing when I stepped on that stage. So let me just go ahead and tell y'all, you don't want to get somebody to tell you, why are there Santa heads on your boobs? You just don't want that to happen to you. And I've seen that with like floral outfits I have that I love and I will wear out, but I will look at them in a mirror and go, that is not going to look good on the stage because of the way the flowers drop on me. So wear solid colors. Yeah. Just wear solid colors. So funny because to me, the goal is eliminate as much distraction as possible. Yes. And I had, I used to wear those long necklaces because I am also blessed in the upper region and they help make me look longer. Yes. Well, they bring that V in. Yeah. I'm so grateful. I was co-facilitating a corporate training one day. My trainer in the back is waving her arms and I couldn't figure out what she was doing. And at the (laughs) break, I saw that the necklace was basically wrapped around my one boob. It had moved over. That's why I don't wear those anymore. Oh my gosh. That was such a powerful lesson. This is not only a podcast for speaking tips. It's also a podcast for just random tips. Let me give you a random tip on those long necklaces. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pretend like it's a scarf. It's long. You just put it over your head. You're going to pretend like it's a scarf, bring it around your neck, drop the pendant through one side and drop it like a scarf. And it will shorten that necklace. It's really cute. You're just going to have to figure that out on your own. It's not a visual I can help you with. Um, This is not a visual podcast, but just think about it. You know, you do a scarf and you put one. Yes. Put the pendant in the hole. I like pull it. it. I like it. It'll make it nice and short. You can still wear your pendant. It's non-migratory at that point. Migratory. I'm already seeing another business arm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. We could talk all day. We could. So give me, you've got record. Now, once you step on that stage, we're not going to do the introductions. We're going to stand and start. What is another handful of tips or a couple of tips you could give them? Sure. Going back to the prepare in advance. Okay. Because I rarely talk about content, <laughs> frankly, but it is really important to have that is very important. Strong words, strong message. I would say in advance, number one, prepare your content, but don't over prepare so that you have so much information. Remember that less is more. Follow the rule from journalism, the rule of three. People can't remember much more than that anyway. And I would also recommend having a strong lead to the story or the main point. And it's so funny how obvious that sounds, but I'm also amazed at the amount of people that get up and start talking. Maybe they are trying to tell a story and maybe they are telling a story, but it ends up being really long. And most people I have found tune out after about a minute if they don't know how this is relevant to them. Right. So getting away from the informational, like what would be an example? So maybe you're talking about like I had a client who was trying to get people to this isn't the same as being speaking on a stage, but it could be because she did actually present this about getting people to donate blood to a blood drive. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what is your point normally? And she starts with donate blood. And I'm thinking, (laughs) how appealing is that to most people? Not at all. Yeah. So, you know, you tell a story about your experience with it, but then the point 
not necessarily donate blood, but a point such as you have the opportunity to change someone's life. Yes. That's a much more compelling point. And then you can talk about donate blood. They probably know that they're there because it's a blood drive or whatever. It's a blood drive. We know why you're there. So sometimes we end up doing all this informational data dump and we don't give the point right up front. That is so good. Yeah. To get that point up front, prepare what it is and position it in a way that makes it actually interesting to your audience, rather than saying today, we're going to talk about X, Y, Z. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say today we're going to talk about it because that's my least favorite thing, because that means you just told me everything and I'm leaving. But I love what you said was tell a story. Yeah. People connect with story. They don't connect with data. I mean, I like a fact thrown in here and there. Sure. Those are intriguing. But if you stand up there and list a series of facts, you're not going to engage or connect. Yeah. Karen, I adore you. And Uh I think you are awesome. And listen, if you are looking for a communication coach, that is what Karen does. If you are somebody that's like, you know, Mary, I need to talk to Karen. Well, guess what? You can. Because we've linked all of her stuff up in show notes, how to reach out to her. Maybe you're a corporate gal and you're looking for somebody to come in. And Karen, you do a lot of corporate training. Yes. I'm most interested in the speaking for ERGs in corporate. So the employee resource groups, primarily Mm -hmm. women initiatives. So that's usually what I'm doing and like to do. I love that she has all these words like ERG. I know. I just learned that fancy word a couple of years ago. Look at her. She's just super fancy. <laughs> don't I sound important? I don't even know what it means, <laughs> but they have initiatives, right? Yes, absolutely. Very important. That's another thing. Eliminate any jargon. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Yes. Don't use insider words. Can't stand that. Yes. All right, Karen, you have been a joy and a treasure. Thank you, y'all. You're going to find all of her stuff on show notes. Thank you so much for popping in with us today. Karen, thank you for being here and thank you for listening. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Bye for now. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, you will find links in the show notes and those can be found wherever you're listening to this or at takethestagepodcast.com. I'm Mary R. Snyder, and as always, I am here to help you craft a message that matters and take that message to the stage. Until next week, have a good one.